0: Welcome everyone to another special edition of The Cool Room. Uh, it's another one of our virtual Meet the Brewers sessions uh, tonight with Luigi from Modus Operandi, who I will introduce properly in a moment. Uh, as everyone knows, our uh, special Meet the Brewers ones, I have a little spiel that I say at the start to take people through some housekeeping And um, that spiel's got longer and longer every week. And the first thing I'll say tonight is thank you to everyone uh, who's managed to log on to the Zoom room. Uh, We've had a few little technical hiccups tonight as we're doing our first uh, multi-space hookup in terms of the Royal Mail on Spencer being open again and me trying to figure out how to get the Wi-Fi to work from there rather than the comfort of my own home where things are nice and easy. So... Thank you to everyone who's joined us in the resume room. Thank you to everyone who's joining us via the podcast and listening later on. Uh, It's fantastic to have so many new listeners tuning in on the last few episodes. And uh, we hope that that keeps on happening and that you keep on sharing these events with people so that we can continue to build a fun followership and continue to get some great uh, brewers on like we've done tonight uh just a couple of little sort of housekeeping notes as we go along uh first of all there were tasting packs delivered to people during the week uh so that they can have the correct beers in front of them uh if you haven't already got one of those tasting packs and you're listening to this as a podcast Get in touch via the uh, Instagrams or the Facebooks so that we can uh, send you out a tasting pack. Uh, it's not too late, even if you're listening to this as a podcast. And that way, you can make sure that you have the Sonic Prayer IPA, the Hazy Four, and the Russian Imperial in front of you while you listen to the podcast. Um, there's some pretty big beers in there in terms of both volume and alcohol. And so we're not recommending that you try and knock those all off during the, the time that we have in the podcast tonight. Uh, what we'd suggest is that you either make yourself a nice little tasting paddle, paddle and uh, share it with some friends. Or alternatively, that if you listen to this as the podcast, feel free to pause after each of the beers. We'll make it pretty clear when we're about to move from one beer to another And you can enjoy the rest of one and then move on to the other after that so we certainly encourage you to drink responsibly while you enjoy these beers and enjoy the podcast um if you haven't already followed us on those uh forums like instagram and facebook please do so that'll make sure that we can uh stay in touch and you don't miss out on future events and you can always go back and check the archives for some of the uh, other brewers that we've had on recently. Uh, I think the last couple we've had were the guys from Blackman's and before that uh, Nomad and Ale Farm from Denmark on at the same time talking about their collaboration beers, which was a pretty special opportunity as well. Uh, on the downside, normally this is where I spruke what's coming up next. And normally that would be Batch, which we had slated for next week. Batch isn't going to be able to get our beers to us in time. And so we've had to cancel the Batch event next week. But that's not a reason to uh, not follow us on Facebook, because that's the way you'll hear about other fun ones. We've got a very, very special event coming up in early July, which I'm not going to say anything more about other than the fact that it's a very, very special event. Uh, And to coincide with that, we now have a mailing list, uh, which I think pretty much everyone who's in the room at the moment is on. But if you're listening to the podcast and you want to go onto our mailing list, uh, that way you can find out ahead of time about events. And so that's going to be a ticketed live event. And there's going to be a limited number of tickets and um, that's going to go out to people who are on the mailing list first. So if you decide you want to be uh, on the mailing list and you decide you want to find out about things first, um, shoot us a message via any of the ways that you can shoot people messages in this modern world. Uh, I reckon that just about does it for me for an intro. That might be a new longest length intro yet, one of the most boring ones as well, I've, I've back in homeschool you know, teacher mode at the moment, uh, coming out of coronavirus, I'm going to hand over to Travis, who's far more fun. Travis Bristow, Warren Wu, my two co-hosts, I'm going to let you introduce Luigi and kick things off with the sonic prayer.
1: Thank you, David. I uh, was—I thought maybe your intro might be long enough that your uh, Royal Mail internet service may have dropped out on us, but uh, you got through it in the end, so that's a good thing. Welcome uh, Luigi, welcome to the core room, how's, uh, how's everything going? Yeah, everything's great,
2: I just cracked my Sonic Prayer.
1: Perfect, hopefully everyone else in the room and uh, obviously listeners after the fact have also cracked their Sonic Prayer, it uh, looks like we just got one cracked into a microphone so we try to do that at least once a podcast. So we're kicking off with the Sonic Prayer IPA. Um, let's start by uh, hearing a little bit um, of the backstory of this beer.
2: Uh. Yeah, sure. Um, so starting from the name, uh, it comes from a, a band called Earthless and it's this psychedelic rock pop wheel band. <laughs> and uh, when we created this beer, it was actually the main song that was uh, running around the brewery. So for that reason, we thought, this beer is loaded with hops definitely is and hops uh, have this bit funky psychedelic effect on you i don't know if it's the hops or the alcohol i'm not sure about that but uh we thought it was a uh, was good to give a uh, the name to the beer
1: yeah it's a yeah it's a great name too it's uh you know, it works quite well and as you said it's it is quite hoppy and which is perfect. It's, it's quite a traditional sort of IPA for the most part. Um, it, it is and is not as well. Uh, it's definitely not an easy IPA, but um,
2: yes, is uh, roots in the traditional West Coast IPA, but then uh, we developed during the years and uh, there's heaps of uh, modern hops in, in this beer. So we're going from uh, American to Australian hops, and that's
1: probably part of the unique taste of Sonic. Can you uh, give us a, a quick rundown of the of the hops that you've used, just so the listeners can get a bit of a vibe in comparison to those US hops versus Australian hops?
2: Yeah, so I think all the listeners know that uh, American hops are very citrusy, while uh, Australian are more on the tropical side of it. And uh, we discovered that if you mix them properly, you're actually getting a great profile, and uh, mm-hmm. this is kind of a fruit side, really yeah uh, yep. and, uh, and that's what is uh sonic prayer is about uh it goes from uh, uh to me it is like papaya and um and a nice hint of citruses. uh however it doesn't doesn't have that overly hoppy flavor it's super hoppy but without being boiling too hoppy mm. if, uh, it doesn't make any sense but uh, it, it makes this beer uh, very dangerous and drinkable for a six percent, and uh, we're really proud of this beer. is our one of uh, our uh, bests.
0: Have and you managed to keep the same hops in there all the way along, or have you had to tweak the recipe uh, by choice or by uh, were you forced to by what hops were available?
2: Uh, a bit of both. Kind of all our beer uh, keep evolving, uh, adjusting on our taste. Our tastes are changing every every time. Uh, Sometimes you think is uh, you're happy with the beer, and then next time you try, like, ah, how about we try this one? So we ended up with four different hops in uh, dry hopping. <laughs> and uh, and then the other thing that probably not everyone knows is that hops is very dependent from uh, the season, and uh, hops actually changing during uh, during different years for how much effort anyway the growers do to keep it uh, as close as possible. Uh, they can't control the, the weather, the temperature. Uh, so every year we pretty much taste all the new ops we have available and we decide what to do.
1: Yeah, nice. <laughs> and, and how does this be a tie into the Modus Operandi story? Um, you know, for, yeah, for so, the- I think Modus Operandi
2: is, uh, has been one of the first brewery uh in australia to be super heavy on uh, on ipa yeah yeah and uh i didn't start up the brewery <laughs> but i remember when i started hearing about models then i went to taste some beers so like Whoa, wow that's a game changer and sonic is
1: just another flag really to to this uh, uh believe yeah um so like you just said you didn't start out at the brewery um give us a little bit of the history of Luigi where did you where did your beer journey begin
2: yeah so let's say that in between the name and my accent probably you figured out that I'm Italian ah. and if you did <laughs> figure it out it means you haven't had enough beer yet
3: <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure by the end of the imperial South you will you will not notice any difference <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm being in the business for a while a 12, 13 years now. Uh, craft beer industry in, uh, I started back in Italy. Uh, it started and exploded a bit early in, um, starts late, late 90s, but then it reached its peak in uh, 2007, 2008, and then it kept growing and still going pretty strong. Uh, then I moved to Australia in 2013 probably. 2012, 2012, and uh, I was a bit upset and disappointed when I discovered the truth. <laughs> uh, I arrived in Sydney and not many breweries were uh, out yet. They were all about to explode or start, but uh, there was a, an handful of breweries back then. The, at that time, there was no brewery in the inner west. Crazy. Yeah, isn't it? It doesn't mm. seem like that long ago, but. Yeah, uh, it's seven, eight years now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, I think after I arrived, um oh Young was already there. And I went to the brewery like, oh yeah, that's a craft beer. <laughs> and uh Lord Nelson was there. Uh four pines uh, I would miss someone else, but there weren't that many brands for sure. Right. Nothing compared to today. So I pretty much saw the history of Australia beer, craft beer growing. And uh then that starts in inner west. I heard that you guys will have a chat with them next week or so.
0: That was the plan.
2: Yeah. that was the
1: plan. Yep. <laughs> uh. Um, and obviously you settled in Sydney straight up. You, have you lived anywhere else in Australia?
2: Yeah, yeah. I traveled quite a lot. Um, I spent a few months. So I came in uh, like a backpacker really. And I spent um, a couple of months in Brisbane. Then I went for my farm jobs. I went to dig sweet potatoes uh, in um, uh, Queensland somewhere, in some remote location. Wherever they grow them. Fun, cool. yes. and then, Fun uh, jobs that
1: backpackers have to do. Yeah.
2: And uh, then I went to uh, Ningen. 40K is uh, out of Ningen, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Real experience, you know, taste the real Australia, I guess, the, the one you see in the movie when you're, you're a kid. <laughs> And uh, then I started my, my search for a real job. <laughs> and of course, the first thing I did is try to get into the brewing business here as well. And uh, I found, uh, I spent five years in a brew pack mm-hmm. and uh, starting as a um, production brewer to reaching the 2 QAC level. And, uh, and then uh, models opened the position and was already one of my favorite breweries, so I was like, well,
1: that's great!" <laughs> it's always good when you can, you know, when you see those those jobs come up, and it's it's already one of your favorite breweries. It's, uh, if you can get your hand in, it's uh, definitely well worth it. Um, yeah. what, was the, what was what was your first craft brewery you went to in Australia? Like when you arrived? I mean, I'm guessing if you landed in Brisbane before yeah. you landed in Sydney, there wouldn't have been many craft breweries in I remember in Brisbane
2: in brisbane there was only that i found i don't know if, yeah it's uh, been a brew house uh, just a little brew pub in uh, i don't remember where but i i really like their porter though it was really nice
0: was what, there a what, place um, over in italy that you, oh yeah. you know where was your first italian beer you know as in not italian beer but like first sort of craft beer over there can you tell us a a story. This is how we write trips to Italy off on tax when we're allowed to <laughs> get on a plane again. So. Actually,
2: people uh, underestimate Italy in, uh, in the craft beer because everyone talks about food and wine, which is true. It's pretty good. Coffee, I mean, yeah. coffee. Yeah. Actually, I was surprised when I came here. The coffee in Australia is just amazing.
1: <laughs>
2: I really like it. Um, and what we we'll was saying, Yeah, so in Italy, there's a great breweries. Uh, when I left, there were about 800, I think, and now I think there's a 1,500 craft breweries. So definitely worth uh, to write down, uh, write off tax. Um, yeah.
1: Some. <laughs> Can you give us a, give us a name? What's your favorite craft brewery in Italy?
2: Um, I think one of the most famous, uh, uh, most famous is Baladin and it's a really good brewery. But my favorite is probably the birrificio italiano. Uh, they have a pilsner that is uh, full full on it on his um, German hops. is has uh, probably three times more uh, than hops the German brewery is gonna use in a, in the whole year,
0: just in one batch. <laughs> is there a, is there a town or a city we should visit? Like if you were you know gonna do your sort of European brewery tour, what what town do we stop in in, in Italy <laughs> when we go going around? It's very different compared
2: to to here. Um, how Italy is is totally is completely different uh, from Australia, of course. So in Australia you have your cities, and uh, all the population is all built around this city. Instead, in Italy it's all spread. Not very like it's more concentrated. Don't take me wrong. <laughs> There's uh, more people in a quarter of the land, or probably less. Um, but yeah, you, you, in, I, don't, I don't have a place like the inner west of, of Sydney where you, you walk there and you have seven breweries. Mm. There's more like a brewery per town, really. <laughs> uh, the north where I come from is actually a really good area. All the Yeah, I think the strongest one, the strongest area goes around Milan, in between Milan, Varese and uh, the Piemonte. Is, uh, there's many breweries there.
0: And it's good to see you wearing AC Milan colors tonight. So, you know, if you're an Inter <laughs> fan, then, you know, we I'm, will have started. <laughs> I'm AC, so it's all good. I started Milan and I'll move from there. I'm happy. So, are we, right. back, okay.
1: are we back to playing games yet or is it still no go zone?
2: I'm the wrong person. I, that's why I'm here, actually. They kicked me out from Italy because I don't follow Spot.
0: <laughs> <Scott.
1: laughs> <laughs> uh, do you follow AFL now that you're in Australia, then, Luigi? I'm in Sydney.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I would be kicked out of
3: here as well. <laughs> <laughs> beer is um, the most important thing. It doesn't matter about sport, it's all about beer. Come on.
1: <laughs> I one mean, one the these looks better after a few beers. One of these days, we'll be able to go back to the football, whether it's AFL or NRL, and actually have a beer. Yeah, uh, that would be good. Possibly not this year, but you know. <laughs> Might happen eventually. When you're um, when you're not working, obviously at at Modus, um, what are your favourite breweries or pubs to visit in and around Sydney? Uh, I have a
2: great relation with the guy from Grifter, and it's uh, very Grifter's, close. To so, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in great relation with all the breweries in
1: uh, in the inner west. Um, Do you wife... find yourself after you finish work certain days doing that in a west? Seven brewery circuit that's uh, well, yeah. after work, I don't know if I can do the full service. <laughs> uh, I did a couple of
2: times during the weekends for sure, uh, but yeah, I i often pop. And the good thing of crowd breweries is that we always try to help each other, so sometimes they need some mold and I just drop to them, or I need it and I pick it up and then give it back. So, and every time you go there's always a, an excuse to have
1: a beer. Mm. It's, can be bad. yeah that's it there's nothing nothing wrong with that i reckon it's um it's uh it work pretty well the ipa is i'm i think it's gonna i'm not gonna finish this before we move on to the next one but um
0: you can that was try. delicious I, I started with the red ipa and i was I've talking to too
1: that. much and forgot to drink my beer it is very good though it's it's,
3: it's speaking amazing. of
0: talking too much warren Wu, have you got anything to say
3: no, I wasn't I was just going to say though it, oh yeah, yeah actually I do like I, do I have anything to say? Are you nuts um, no, i guess, <laughs> i i i smashed the um i smashed the i p a with uh, dinner we were having curry, so it was perfect Perfect. and yeah. there's this there's this really piercing uh persistent bitterness on the end of that, which is which i don't know when it comes to west coast IPAs, that's the first thing that jumps into my head like they're not they're not easy peasy beers there's no there's no hiding from it is that is yeah that's that's kind of an interesting take i mean to make that really big ipa considering there's i mean people love hops but but to that to that bitterness um is that yeah is that i suppose you're comfortable with it given it's a flagship but is that something you guys go out and look for that really that really striking dry bitterness
2: i reckon that brewers loves the bitter mm. <laughs> more than probably what people likes <laughs> um yeah so i reckon that bitter is a very important part of the beer and unfortunately many times now it's been um left behind so the bitter is the part of of the beer that actually clean up uh your tongue and get you ready for the next three, uh sip mm. so like for. There's probably some sweet teeth here that uh, won't agree with me, but you know, when you have a cake and it's uh, overly sweet, mm. you can't really have more than that bite, you know? Yeah. Because it doesn't, instead, of the other thing a Absolutely. bit more balanced is it, better. And that's what the B3 is. So, all the rest of the beer, all the mold gives sweetness, and uh, there's a, uh, still a sugar uh, left over in the beer. And if I reckon the, bitter component makes everything uh, in balance. And then of course, IPA. Also when you talk about IPA, balance is important. Um, also if the balance at that stage has been moved to the bitter side. So are some beers that are good to have on the sweet side and other beer, uh, they're much more enjoyable in the bitter side. Especially West Coast IPA, they, when they were born, they were very, very, very caramelly.
3: Hmm.
2: Were very rich. They have a very thick body. If you didn't have a good component on uh, on bitter, then uh, you hardly drink it.
3: Was was there an inspiration for that IPA? Was there some something that did, we're talking to 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 the guys and kind of getting their their sense of of the the idea that they had? Do, do you know if there was a an inspiration, or for you, does it look like something that you've tried before and you you? you
2: as I said, Sonic is changing, keep changing and evolving. I think at the state it is now, it's unique mm. uh, and if you have this one, I think many people can pick up in a blind taste that this is Sonic, mm. uh, it's very particular, it doesn't follow many rules. As I said, it is a West Coast IPA, but it's not, it Is a, uh, yeah.
3: In a Western I- Sydney
2: IPA? In the West? No, oh, no, that's not the bitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shall we prepare our pallets and get ready to move on to the onto the hazy? Unless Warren, you look like you're about to say something else and I cut you off. No, up. no,
3: I wasn't. I was uh, I've yeah, no. Nah, that's good. Um, I've already started. It's
0: oh. and you've moved locations in your house. You're no longer in front of your uh, no. pantry.
3: No, no, I'm not. I'm. I've got a polar bear behind. I don't know if anyone can see. I've got a polar bear behind me. I've been kicked out of. I've been kicked out of my studio. Uh, The the missus who who has, who, yeah, missus has taken that over. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've been relegated to to other parts of the my small little house.
0: I'll return in twenty seconds. Well, I feel like Warren.
1: That might happen to me in the near future
3: yeah (laughs) potentially yeah when you've got uh, yeah when you've got a sleeping one next door i reckon it's all the stuff that's behind me i don't know
1: if you realize luigi uh, uh, there's a bunch of baby stuff there's about to be a a baby in this house and this door over here is um obviously the listeners won't be able to see it but that's going to be the baby's room so i'm guessing that uh doing podcasts from this location might be a thing of the past no i think that's yeah well and truly (laughs) done
2: Actually, for tonight, tonight, there's my we have a nine months old, and uh, oh, congratulations, no yes. 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 congratulations, congratulations. More a good luck, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all feel yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she locked herself in the in our bedroom, so you can hear her screaming.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good strategy. I yeah, hmm. it. I, I works as well as anything. Very funny. Just
2: before we start the, this one, uh, I had her, and she
0: said ba, ba probably don't want to put this one. <laughs> gonna, I'm going to make that my new ringtone on my phone. So you know, <laughs> there seems to be a lot of baby chatting on on our podcast. Of
1: late. Like, maybe we need to oh. change the do a baby podcast, baby beer podcast. Baby beer podcast. We are yeah, totally a... gotten off track now. <laughs> we have, yeah. The listeners are going to be like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Let's bring let's bring this back into some form of an alignment, Warren. And yep. um, I believe we've all opened up our hazy, so I'm going to hand over to you to to launch this
3: one. Um, um I think I think it's yeah. This is this is it's a good hazy, and that ten percent. I think the hazy. I think that texture um, really hides it as a sweet character. And it's yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Not having tried the other hazies in the Modus range, um, how's, how's, what's, the, what's the flow of them? Like if I was tasting this one, how would I, how would I compare it to previous examples of, of um, the Modus Hazy series?
2: Yeah, so Modus has done Hazy for, uh, for a few years now, but then we just decided to kick off with the Hazy series. And uh, this one is uh, the last of the first run of this Hazy series, the fourth one uh well definitely the is the biggest we have done so far uh we got closer last year with future factory triple ipa it was a nine percent and uh, this time we just tried to break the boundary move the boundary even more and we went to 10. Um, was like an unknown land when we decided to do it <laughs> uh because you know you don't want your beer too boozy and it, you know how oh, this one will work out and how many kilograms of hops we we had to add, and we had a lot.
0: <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. is
2: a lot of hops in that beer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I know the guy that chuckled the hops in the fermenter. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, it's, it's the guy that had to uh, shovel them all out, which is... Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Having, having done yeah, both jobs, the, the shoveling out that's
0: worse than the shoveling in. Yeah.
2: How about the guy that pick up all from the floor after the explosion? Yeah.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. When you put heaps of hops in, then usually clog the bottom. And mm-hmm. it's fun to get it out. It takes probably half an hour to try to unlock the bottom, and all of a sudden, wow, that explosion. <laughs> that anyway, be that would be a to see. It's good, so <laughs> it's important. Uh, yeah, so the other thing we... Um we did in our series is uh we started with easy one that it was a five percent and we kept rising and rising and we ended up with ten percent. We thought it was funny to just double up the easy one, you know.
3: <laughs> well was was there an aim or was there a goal with the series? Like were you looking at at, at um a particular Thing you want to express? there was motors looking at a, a idea or a, a thing oh, that they wanted. We, to... we felt that
2: there was the the need of an easy series. I we didn't want to have a, an easy beard in our core range, but we felt the need to have a, almost a constant easy going on mm-hmm. going around. Yeah, and uh, so we decided to come up with this series, which uh, stands out. We also decided to move kind of away from the graphic of the core range and. uh uh also from the the other limited release graphic, you know, our oh like we yeah. start we have our bullet silver bullet with, with a little level. We decide to do totally different and do something uh out of what we normally do. So people can walk in, in the shop and say, Oh yeah, that's the new ASI from models. Let's give it a crack.
3: What? Where'd that idea of you guys needing a hazy all all year round come from? Is it a market need, or is it that desire to to, to go and put something out there? Uh, it
2: came kind of all together. We like to drink hazy, and uh, uh, definitely the market is screaming for for hazy. So I say why not?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you um do you see the hazy bubble ending anytime soon?
2: Well, look, I, I'm the person that. Uh, two years ago, said, yeah, right. will last six months and dies like all the others. Instead, it's getting sticky. Now, we we actually did an easy series. So, I <laughs> <laughs> actually don't think it's going to ah, close anytime soon. And also, it might fade a bit, but it will leave a lot in, into other beer, you know? I don't think we're going totally... Ah, for example, the Black IPA. There was a the gaps that everyone has a black IPA in tap and now you don't even know what a black IPA is anymore so I don't think Ace would be like that I think people enjoy to have uh, an easy and uh, all these tropical flavors and I think it, it will stay for a long for a long while
3: so you were saying this one's the last in that in this particular series is implying there's another series that's coming out sorry i yeah
2: I yeah, yeah. guys so we've done these uh four mm-hmm. and now we're taking a break and we're getting ready for uh mm-hmm. so we'll be in in end of july most birthday six years mm-hmm. so now we're actually preparing some uh, special trick for uh for the birthday awesome and, uh, and then we We will see more easy coming up
3: can can you let us in on the special treat can you give us a clue as to what you (laughs) um
2: yeah sure so i can say that we dig into the past uh we have a very classic beer that i still haven't seen much
1: around really
0: uh Uh, that's great we hardly ever (laughs) see (laughs) that i was just gonna i was just gonna say
1: i wonder if it's gonna be a lager (laughs) yeah it
3: would be a lager actually.
1: Perfect. Oh,
2: gross. Oh.
3: Yeah. And um yeah, it's it's funny. We it's kind of a theme for our podcast. We've been talking about lagers <laughs> a bit and the the challenges for for craft beers with lagers and how much we we like a lot of there's an audience for them. Uh but they're not necessarily uh, at the same time, there's another audience who who just think it's it's it, there's nothing particularly interesting with them. I think is uh, it
2: depends on how many years you are in the craft beer industry. So if you're just getting, you love your crazy your crazy beer, mm-hmm. and you want to be surprised from uh, this super punchy hobby beer. Mm. Uh, if you've been in, in the industry for a while, uh, or in the craft beer anyway. Uh, you actually learn to appreciate how a clean beer could be still very particular and rich mm. uh, to have. So, the problem, I can see. It. And I was the same 13 years ago. Um, you know, you grew up with mainstream lager. Mm. Whatever you are in Australia, you know, in the US or in Italy, everyone has that uh, mainstream or Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so, if I give you a Pilsner and you're not very expert, you probably don't find much difference. Instead, mm. so if I give you an AZ-4, yeah. <laughs> you're like, whoa, this is mm-hmm. the best beer in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, But then, uh, after you experiment and, and, uh, and all that, actually, your palate starts to improve and improve. And after a while, you say, yeah, okay, it's a lager, it's very clean, but wow, that's a, another yeah. word. It's, it's like a hidden word, you know?
3: Mm. Um, that's a good way of putting it. I think a lot of drinkers, as I think a lot of drinkers do go on that journey. And I think I've, I've spoken about it. I spoke about it a couple of podcasts ago. You start, yeah, you start with the big hoppy fruity IPAs and you might dabble in some dark beers and you like Imperials. And then all of a sudden you, you realize that that, that the, the, the more subtle complexity in, in other styles really works. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. For me, it makes a lot of sense. It does.
2: It does. Uh, I'm always of the idea that a good beer is a beer that you you finish one pint and you order another one, you know. And uh, yeah, so you just develop your palate that. That's mm. all. It's all a training. If I think what I was drinking when I start my my journey, and uh, I started as an homebrewer. Yeah. So I'll I will reach. Really, I would be really curious to try my first beer a brewer. I brew. I believe now it's horrible. Mm. <laughs> so that is the one that gave me more satisfaction than ever, you know, mm. <laughs> and bring me here actually. <laughs> uh,
3: so let's let's talk a little bit about about uh, the Corona lockdown because we're all stuck in this situation. Um, so so what have you guys, how has it impacted your business? Was it meant for, for well, brewing? Well, of course, uh,
2: we had to shut the pub, like our brew pub. Oh. And uh, all of a sudden I had to stop kegs coming back <laughs> because we don't need them. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, we had, a, we kind of organized and we have a plan with our limited release, what we launch and stuff. And all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, all right, just accelerate and uh, pump more limited release. Mm-hmm. Out so we were about to launch the blueberries imperial uh, sour, hmm. and I think the same week or the week after, I'm not sure. Um, the coronavirus exploded, so all of a sudden, like, oh, and that one there was this you know, when, when we have a beer, we need to decide the splitting between cans and kegs. Of course, when <laughs> we heard that, like, stop the kegs, stop the kegs. <laughs> Uh, we cut them out. We had to order more labels and uh, get more more beer in cans, of course. And uh, we accelerated our program of limited. So, just instead of wait, uh, oh. I don't remember. I think it was a month uh, to launch uh, uh, the the dark awesome. lager, the co- oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the coffee lager. Um, we had to just launch it and try. Definitely has been a very, a big mess, <laughs> but I think we, we done well. We also accelerate the process. So the AC series was already in our plans, was already planned, was, uh, or all, all figured out really. Um, we were planning to launch later than that, but then, uh, we thought, People would stay more home. probably want to discover more beer than normal.
3: Um, just accelerate a bit. Have you? Is that what you've found? as Modus kind of kept on uh, more cans, and still, and still, there's an interest there for for your different for all those different styles yeah. that you do.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the core range went really well during the coronavirus, but mm. uh, definitely having a. Bit more limited release than what we usually do is uh, definitely help.
3: How how the blueberry sour cell did that? Did that
2: really well? Actually, people keep ringing to to get more cans, but It's, none. <laughs> it's a good sign.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was
2: actually impressive. All the limited release we have done is pretty much also sold out. Uh, probably three weeks maximum. Yeah, We've done really well. Also, the ACC has been rather uh, went great for, for the public. Yeah, they love it. People are asking for
0: it. And is the brew pub open again or is that still Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we
2: reopened two, three weeks ago with all the restrictions. So, from uh, pretty much no one to 50 now, I think is the limit. Yep. Uh, people were, at the beginning, when uh, the, the first week, that was probably 10 people, I think. Uh, there was people lining up outside the gates, so we had to take a uh, booking. Well, There's yeah. people really... Probably, I probably didn't leave that one because li- working in a, in a brewery, having a, a tap is not too hard. <laughs> yep. But I believe that uh, other people, that they spend more than a month without drinking out of a the tap. They, they were just burning to have a, a nice pint. Right.
0: You could always own a pub and come in to turn on the taps, and then find that the tap system has destroyed itself while you've been away. <laughs>
2: cool. and so
0: now all you can serve is delicious cans of. Uh... What? Yeah.
1: Did you? Uh, did you? Was it uh, given your location up there, Luigi? Did everyone sort of open at the same time? Was it? You know, you you talked about people lining up. Um, where. Was it the same for the whole area? Was it something that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was pretty much everyone open. And, uh,
0: Melbourne's out there at least. I,
1: I mean, the first week
2: also, uh, I think the, the very big pubs, they didn't open the first week when there was a limit of 10 people. Uh, there was no mean for them to say open a record. Um, and yeah, yeah, we have a big pub next to us and they didn't open the first week, yeah. But definitely, it, it, we're going in the history book with this uh, virus, finally, you know. <laughs> but the other generation went to war and stuff, we yeah. you know, coronavirus.
1: <laughs> it is interesting on that front. It's gonna be something that's talked about in a generation's time about um, how we couldn't get tap beer in 2020. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> it's something
2: I already lived, actually. When I was in England, I was working in this farm. Uh, I didn't have a car back then and uh, I got stuck in the farm for two months so the first time I could get to the town uh, I went straight to the pub of course and uh, <laughs> some super dry beer and I thought it was the best beer in the world
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I was ready
1: for the coronavirus yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it is an interesting thing to Finally, get back into the pub and actually see the beer in a pint glass, and it's a totally different world. It's, it's been a very enjoyable week for me.
0: There's nothing like <laughs> trying to clean an entire pub that's been shut for ten weeks. I'll give you that tip. That's the bit where you, but <laughs> I've learned. you, you don't know how big a pub is until you've got to clean it. So you know. Well, actually, on, on, on this
2: theme, we, the the week before couple of days before we actually opened the, the brew pub, there was the old office down cleaning uh, the brewery.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. No, it's very real. It's a-
2: There's a lot to clean if you haven't used for a while, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: it, yeah it's kind
3: of like, uh, um, let's throw in another type of space. Yeah, venue just before vintage, uh, like a winery <laughs> just before vintage. Mm. It's, it's, we, we, uh, the, the, the um, karcha, the, the jet sprayer, with it all over the place and scrubbing, and enough caustic soda to, to skin a cow.
0: Um, and that was just
3: you, and that was just for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, um, gee, that haze is good. I've well, just no, I just, I I've even <laughs> <annihilated> that, <laughs> like, and and it's 10%, it's it's yeah, it, yep. you can't it doesn't you can the sweetness gives it away but apart from that it was 10 percent the other night when i had it as well and
0: uh it, <laughs> uh, it certainly doesn't
1: hit like a 10 percenter oh <laughs> that's good
0: it's beautifully then, balanced it's a, it's a very drinkable 10 percent more than more if you reckon the six percent sonic uh, sonic prayer was a sort of a dangerous six percent this is a very dangerous 10 percent. Yeah, this in is fact, extremely. Bad. the
1: last when I first had this beer, David, was when we were doing our little uh, side podcast of the core cool room after your your massive cog wheel broke off your compressor
0: flywheel. I'm an expert now. So I think I got cogwheel. to
1: yeah. the end of that recording and realised that uh, it was actually a ten percenter center at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time it was.
0: Yeah, it's a very <laughs>
3: dangerous thing to uh to encounter. Well, yeah, beautiful floral note. Uh, anyway, shall we? Shall
0: we? Did we ask which hops were in this one? Oh no, because well, it says on the side it of the can. Does candle. say on the side of the can. <laughs> yeah. so. well, it says hazy on the side of mine. So, yeah. but having I, said I, that, you keep turning. There's written under. Oh, okay. Hang on a second.
2: Yeah. Us, a,
0: maybe that, give us a breakdown.
2: That in, uh, Is that a, so, mm. uh, so this a kind of a new hop. Uh, I came across in the last probably two three years. I'm not sure. Uh, mm. We really like it. We already use it in many other beer. Mosaic is the one of the classic hop uh, mm. for braise, uh, for especially. And uh, but the surprise was the H 4337 R T four three seven Sounds like a gun, but yeah, this is it's the experimental hops from um, New Zealand. And uh, we found it very interesting because it crossed a bit the line in between a New Zealand flavor and Australian as well. So, because New Zealand is a bit colder than Australia, uh, hop profiler are similar sort of uh, American hops, but they still carrying some uh, tropical fruit. Instead, on this one, what I found is as has a very Australian profile. And uh, it was the first time we,
3: we used it, and everyone loved it. Did, how did you did you use it as pellet or did you did you use um or did you actually use hop hop flowers uh, hop pellets yeah, yeah. pellets mm-hmm. yeah we we kind of really use the uh, hop flowers in,
2: uh, in our brewery oh, oh.
0: We and, d- and did you do a experimental batch or two or did you just sort of launch into the full the full go now we're really sure of
2: ourselves so we just
0: <laughs>
2: <jump in>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milanese, was- you say
0: yeah sure. <laughs>
2: Why not? <laughs> Give me. Yeah, uh, I think in the brewery you, you need. Once your process is uh, is nailed down, you can go a bit on crazy stuff because you know that the base will come out nice, you know. And um, I mean, yeah, I think. I always said, especially when I'm training some new brewers, is that you probably can have the best recipe in your in your life, but if you're uh, keeping it and uh, you don't know what to do, you're probably gonna waste that, that recipe, you know? Instead I of, find that,
3: yeah.
0: when,
2: I made, And usually when, when you taste a beer from a brewery and it's good, most likely also the other types are, are really good. Mm. It's hard that a good brewery would pull out uh, a bad beer, and I think because
0: they nailed their process. Mm. I find that fascinating as a, probably now an ex-home brewer, but also a home brewer, that sort of notion of, you know, you're always so precise when you're a home brewer, you know, you're measuring out every gram or 10 grams of hops and so forth. Whereas clearly once you're you're doing it every day, you must have that feel for it, which you never have as a home brewer and you're making one batch a month or two batches a month, which is what I used to do.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the vision of a brewer is a bit different from a home brewer. Is Your focus Mm. are on other side, yeah, so you really know what you're doing, and the recipe. I mean, it's it's very important. You don't you don't do a recipe randomly, uh, but you give less importance to the recipe to in compared to all the rest of the process.
3: It, it, this reflects a conversation, and maybe it's because I was having a this conversation with the Italian pastry chef, so the accents kicked it off. But it's like he was we were discussing uh, baking at home. Or like homebrewing at home with yeast, and he described baking at home, baking sourdough at home, like making pancakes. You know how the first pancake is always fucked. The first pancake yeah. is always something's gone wrong. You're You're going to go whatever. on to say the second one is as well. And then no, no, the it? second one. No, really no, you've got You're it right good after good. the second one because you cool down the pan. You do speak some speak for yourself, yeah, you do, well, yeah go, That's okay. right. But like, I'm capable but, of, of stuffing up an entire batch. <laughs> it's good to hear. Cheers. Oh, chicken beer man. Um, anyway, so so like with a home brew, it's very, and, and like with sourdough baking, your your batch is basically the first pancake. Your, if you don't know your shit when you're a home brewer, or and I suppose to a large degree with commercial brewing, after a while you get that feel and it's not your first batch every time. But uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you're, as a home brewer, everyone's basically your first pancake. Like you're, you're, every batch you do, there's small volumes. There's, there's so many variables that, yeah, you're kicking around yeah, your first is, pancake is every bag. time. Um, so, I'm so
0: making you a T-shirt with that
1: on it. <laughs> I feel like now that we've gone on to this sort of divergent thing where we're talking about pancakes, I, I wonder if a brewery should make a pancake stout. Uh, I think it already exists. Yeah. Oh, it does it? Oh, okay. It would
3: totally already exist. I
1: need Somewhere. to find out who that is then. Oh, uh, there's a thousand actually. <laughs> well, come on, Luigi, yeah. while we're sitting here, can you name yeah, a couple?
2: What, of is, them, what is the sad thing of this world at the moment is because everyone does so many limited release releases. <laughs> Everyone's Every done track, everything. You wake up at night and I have the idea this time. No one did before. And yeah. then you have your experience. So you go on Google first. And say, ah, oh, okay, this brewery done, that brewery, that, 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 yeah. that. You can always try to make it better. That's some time ago.
3: I did, I did uh, Google my, my sparkling. I made a Fruliano. Luigi, I made a Fruliano, like the, the Italian grape variety from they're, oh, you- um, They're, they're uh white grape. Um, It happens to grow in the Mornington Peninsula down here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some crazy, some crazy bastards growing it. Well, a couple of crazy bastards now growing mm-hmm this Northern Italian grape variety. Awesome. So, but I made the first, first, I suppose, hazy, sparkling, Fuliano in the world, which is, yeah. Um, I, yeah.
1: Uh, I, I, I decided I'd, I'd just Google the pancake beer. <laughs> <You> know,
3: there's <laughs> thousands of in there. No,
1: no. Funnily enough, the first one that comes up is the maple bacon ice cream pancake ale from Dayton. And the oh. second one that comes up is the One Drop Double Vanilla Custard Pancake Imperial Nitro Thick Shake IPA.
2: <laughs> I, I love when... Uh, there's Did you get no... all that?
0: <laughs> was that like...
1: <laughs> uh, I was thinking not, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they're the two, the two that first come up. So
3: both Australian. Um... So it's nice that... I've just cracked into the... Um, the Russian Imperial Stout, the Modus Russian oh, Imperial you, Stout. David, well, why
0: don't Why don't we just sort of? Yeah, you know,
1: should, do the old primary
0: school beep.
1: He's isn't he? Like, why yeah. are
0: always cracking them before everyone else? And I can see, I can see Corey there. So let's. So listeners at home, take this moment to pause if you need to pause, and uh, Travis will say beep in a moment, and then we'll move on to the Russian Imperial. All right, crack That's like a beep.
3: Um uh what I'm gonna kick off with the first question. Um sure. so an Imperial Stout, you've got a re you've got a a really beautiful reasonable sized can for all of your other beers, but then you've gone for the the five hundred mil five hundred mil kicker. For an, yeah, five hundred mil kicker for a for a I don't know what percentage is this. Uh, it's eight
1: point five. Eight point so five. Less than the hazy.
3: <laughs> it's it's the size of a Guinness, but it's twice the alcohol. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I don't know about everyone else, uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
3: so the five hundred
2: ml cans used to be our core range uh, uh, format till last year. All our beer were in five hundred meals. Oh. And uh, we really like this format. So we decided to keep it for, uh, uh, for, for some limited and uh, discussing with, with the sales guy and the marketing, we decided to use the big format for uh, big beers. Cool. Also because there's a way you can probably share this beer with, with someone else.
0: So, yeah,
2: you know, 375, you're not gonna share with anyone. <laughs> but with five hundred, yeah, okay, love I can give you half uh, a quarter, not not half.
3: <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that's that's extremely true. Yeah, um, you go
2: big on an icon with of course the the complexity increase, and uh, you probably want some some beer, want to share. I don't think this imperial stuff you want to share with anyone. I don't.
1: Yeah. We either. had a bit of a discussion before you guys came yeah, online, where yeah. I uh, I explained yeah. to Craig, who's in the room today, that uh, I don't share my stouts with people, so the whole sharing thing just doesn't float with me.
3: So, <laughs> how, did, did you get getting scareding, right? <laughs> yeah, sharing's scary. So, I I I I kind of understand stouts, yeah, and it probably harks back to Guinness drinking. Stouts is that big, big format. It's not, not, yeah, that's not in my head. It's not, um, a ridiculous, uh, but something that's interesting, something that you mentioned. So why the change from the, from the large format to the small format is, is that was it a financial thing? Was it
2: a, uh, no, I request people sometimes, People prefer this, The 375 meals is total market. <laughs> uh, I would prefer the 500. It's less work to to pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, 500. Or less cans going through. Uh, yeah, we found that it was a bit restricting. Uh, keep having our core engine uh, in the 500. Also because I don't know. We, we, what was the right thing to do, honestly?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, All right. Kick off with the stout, right?
0: Yeah. Let's
1: let's ch- have a bit of a a uh, bit of a chat about uh, what people should be looking for in this stout because it is, you know, it's eight point five percent. It's super tasty. Give us a bit of a rundown, Luigi, on uh, what we should be looking for in it.
2: Yeah. Right. So this actually. Uh, this beer I was dreaming to brew for, for a few years now. Um, craft beer recently, when it talks about imperial style, he always wanna go on 12, 13%, uh, which is great, but it's really hard enjoyable at 13%. It's great for a sip, but hard on on, on the long run. And uh, there's many classic in, uh, English imperial style that they are on the low side. So 8%, 8.5%. And uh, my favorite Imperial South is uh uh Samuel Smith Imperial South, classic, oh, yeah. classic yeah. English. And I kind of tried to be inspired by that beer when I did this one. Um, the result is this lightweight for Imperial South, but f- still really full and rich in body. Um, I'm pretty happy with the result. If I have to reboot, I'll, I'll tweak it, of course. I'm never totally satisfied, um, but yeah, so th- my, my goal was to show people that you don't need to be a 13% to be enjoyable as Imperial Stout, um, it has all the, the body you need, it has all mm-hmm. the roastiness you need, but you still enjoy the full pint of it.
3: Uh, have you had a chance to compare it to to the Samuel Smith Imperial Stout? Have you had? A-
2: uh, unfortunately, no. I'm actually looking around, but uh, it doesn't seem that there's any around Australia. Mm. Yeah, that's that's one of the big issues I have from uh, from my old time in Italy. Um, in Italy, you are in Europe, and uh, you have you're exposed to heaps of uh, beers. Instead, in Australia, you need to wait for the importer to bring it one. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So in Italy, I could just walk down to my bottle shop and buy the, someone's in Pilsner south and compare it to this one.
3: <laughs>
2: and, yeah, I, I don't know. Last time I, I had it was uh, uh, December. I was uh, I was on holiday, and uh, I I I re- drink it and I really love it. Also after all these years.
0: Obviously, it? then you're you're reliant then on the importers to Australia doing. A very good job of importing it and, and caring for the beer all the way over sadly that doesn't always happen so well the good thing is that imperial stout were back then they
2: were being designed for for traveling right yeah they were more designed for cold weather to go up to russia <laughs> mm. but, which is totally different from here but let's say an imported imperial stout is way better than imported ipa <laughs> for sure it's true absolutely true and um, moreover, in this beer, we actually decided to do a co- collaboration with our good friend uh, from Gladfield, which is a small mold producer in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a great relation with them. And almost all our core range is fully filled with uh Gladfield mold, but and they always ask to do a collaboration. with. And when we decided to do this Imperial style, we said, well, there can be a better beer where the malt is the, is the big guy compared to the hops, uh, the Imperial style. So we just had a chat with them. They, they were super keen to jump in. And uh, here we go. So we, one thing different that we have done at Models compared to other releases is that we actually uh, published the, um, the homebrew version. Race is that right? Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Cool. And do you think we'd be able, would an average home brewer be able to get their hands on the kind of ingredients that you're using or? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Gladfield uh, is service also uh, home brewers uh, uh,
2: shop retails. So yeah, it should be pretty easy. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. As I said before, like you need to nail your process so so don't don't blame me if it doesn't come perfectly. This
1: <laughs> we're we're seeing that sort of thing a bit down here in Melbourne with a couple of the the brewery shops where they're they're putting the ingredients together for a particular brewery's um, right. beer. So it's kind of becoming a bit of a a bit of a thing. Um, I know there's a there's a place not far from where I live that uh, uh, puts together the ingredients for one of the Hop Nation beers, and people think. Right. Obviously, take that home and and do a homebrew of it and compare it to the the original version. It, it's um it's an interesting take on things to, you know, you can compare the two and see what the differences are. And yeah. well, definitely, you know,
2: brewing has a big spike during the coronavirus.
0: People mm-hmm. stuck at home and say, oh, actually, I can try. It. Yep try to figure out what vessel around the house you can brew in, you know? It's like, you know, do I use this vase or could I use, you know, I mean, find a way to hollow out the dog.
1: Can I put it in the bathtub or?
2: you don't need the bathtub, you don't have to go out anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> actually, talking about summer's meat, they're still fermenting in uh, in open tab. So mm. the bathtub is actually pretty close. Yeah,
1: yep.
0: <laughs> we haven't done that. <laughs> i have just got to make sure you have the right yeasts in your bathroom, but that's another discussion from start to finish. So,
1: oh, this just took a really big turn,
0: David. <laughs> on, a happier, on a happier note, this is a beer that for me is a very wintry sort of style. You know, and you've indicated you've got a lager coming down the line, but, you know, what else is going to be happening in sort of, you know, winter, perhaps early spring? What beers have you got coming down the line that we can look forward to, aside from the ones you've already hinted at?
2: Uh, yeah, so next week we should have a West Coast IPA coming out and uh, nice. we'll be actually a real old-style West Coast. But we'll be digging to the 90 routes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as I said, it would be nice to compare to Sonic because, uh, as I said, Sonic evolved and um, is a mix in between a modern and a classic IPA. Instead, we decide to go 100% classic on this one. So it would be very
0: interesting. And I'm not sure whether you read your, uh, your notes that I sort of sent through or not. Not everyone reads their show notes. But there is a traditional cool room question that we always like to ask people. And, you know, most people have been subjected to this along the way about, you know, the, the podcast is called The Cool Room because it's such an you know, important part of breweries and pubs. Uh, what's the strangest perhaps funniest thing you've ever seen in a courtroom room, or something you wish you'd never seen in a courtroom room, but unfortunately had to witness.
1: Or a brewery.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one
2: thing that, you always generate lots of laugh, anger, depends, so who who look at, is very funny, Who's, who is the one in the middle, is very bad, is <laughs> beer shower. <laughs> I would say that for, for a million of people, a beer shower sounds like a dream. If you are the brewer in the middle of the beer shower, you probably ate that moment. <laughs> so it usually happens when the beer is really, really cold, which is zero degrees and usually happen in winter. <laughs> so a cold showers and then beer is great. It's great and everything. But when it goes in the eyes, it really burns.
1: And <laughs> really when was the last time you experienced a beer shower, Luigi?
2: Um, myself, personally, it wasn't a modest actually, it was in the previous brewery, and um, uh, okay, that, that's pretty fun. So in the previous brewery, I spent five years, and uh, but uh, I trained probably more than 40 brewers that now are around other breweries. <laughs> and every time I trained someone on the dry hopping, I always said, look, make sure you need to add 50 kilos or 100 kilos of dry hops in this beer. Make sure that you have everything clean and ready, all, all open. As soon as you start to chuck the first bag in, get ready to chuck all the others as fast as you can. And they, all them, let's say 99% of them, they look at me with that stupid look saying, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> sure you know. <laughs> so this guy did, he gave me the same look of many others, and all of a sudden the beer started to explode from the fermenters. He ran down the, the stairs and say, oh,
0: I don't know what to do.
2: <laughs> so I had to walk up the stairs. I was going to say, go back up the this one. Coming in and, uh, and close it. Like, yeah, you remember that look you gave me? Thanks. <laughs> 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 yeah, beer shower. Always. There's a hot swap and beer showers. I think
0: they are the two funny things that are happening in Brody. It's that kind of thing that once, once you're in the industry and you know, you've, you've done it a couple of times, but for outsiders, and this sort of podcast is a bit of an introduction to people who are, you know, just getting into the industry. You've, uh, if anyone ever looks you in the eye and says that, now, now you know what you've got to do. Particularly if it's Luigi who's looking you in the eye when you're yeah. at motors next I, time. If I
2: train someone that is listening now, remember this moment. <laughs> <laughs> It's i like do find little... david
1: that uh when we do ask that question on the podcast that uh we get uh a lot of stories about explosions of some description it's, it's a running thing kegs exploding yep kegs exploding well wow. we've yet. had a couple of stories about uh about kegs not behaving the way kegs are spo- supposed to behave and yeah right
2: yeah uh, i was talking more a 100 uh, 100x, uh... 10,000 liters beer. That's yeah, that's what thought you were talking about. Yeah. 50 liters is not a beer shower, that's for sure. 50 liters, I just get wet. No,
0: the- but it can take your thumbs off if you do it the right way. All <laughs> ah, right, <laughs> oh, that kind of
2: explodes Yeah, now I get
0: it. Yeah, yeah. uh. This is the point in the podcast where we normally throw things open to the Zoom room. So if anyone wants to either type in a question or uh, feel free to wave your hand in the air and say you'd like to ask one directly and Travis, who's in charge of the pots and pans tonight, can make that happen. But um, if that's not the case, because uh, I think most people tonight, I know we've asked all the design questions that Corey would normally ask and... Okay. Well, well, I've got one very... more design question to ask because I'm really yes.
1: curious. I love the fact that uh, your ring tops on your cans are labeled with your, your logo. Oh, yeah, the, the flick. Yeah. How did that come about? Was that something that um, we've probably been, been first... like that from the start, or has it been a bit of a new thing?
2: Uh, since we moved to the 375, we decided to, to have this flick top, and we've probably been the first one in the industry to do it. And that's what
1: I was about to say. I can't think of another brewery that actually does that. And it's, it's a design feature that stands out on the cans because you, you kind of look at it and go, that's, that's great. Like, um, I'm guessing it's probably not cheap to do it, of course, but it's, um, it, uh, it definitely makes things stand out.
2: Yeah, it stands out. Yeah, we, we had the opportunity to be the first and uh, we definitely took it. I mean, we were about to rebrand the old old Core range and say, oh, yeah, we can add even more than what we talked at the beginning.
1: Amazing. Um,
0: do we have any other questions? Um, You've got the tick of uh, approval from Corey on the design, which is a very hard uh, mark to achieve. And I, and I agree completely. What I love, I think what he loves is something that uh, is easily read from across a room and you can, you can also see the, a pub or a, you know, has when they've got five or six different beers from the same brewery and you can tell from across the room, you don't have to know what each individual one is, but you go, ah, they've got Modus, I'll go and grab it. And that's sort of something we say about Hop Nation. It's something we say about uh, probably Deeds down in Melbourne at the moment, but there's a lot of others that have really complex designs and you've, it's very hard to read from a distance mm. whereas with your ones you go oh I can see what they've got there is five or six different modises. you know there's the core range there's a couple of special ones and I can go up and ask the question looking like an intelligent consumer ah I see you I see you've got these you know, beers from MODIS, what's that one over there but you it's a very easy conversation to have at that point
2: yeah the the core range definitely stands out uh, especially when you line up the the, the orange uh, you will pick up that models and uh, the same as uh, our silver bullet is very recognizable, and the That's same right. and we tried to do the same with the with the A Z. I i think we kind of got it right as well
1: uh we do have one one question from cory and i feel like cory should unmute himself and ask this question himself because it's it's, Off it's, you go, son. The a question that really needs an answer to it, I think. So, Corey, go ahead. No trouble.
0: I'm Luigi, I'm just wondering if um, you can empathise with me that I I hazard to say that I was going surfing. I was going to try to surf. And I've visited Mona Vale Beach quite a few times and never have I had to sprint from towel to water anything like as quickly as at Mona Vale because you, it burns the complete leap out of your feet
2: it does yeah yeah it's, it's a very weird place to surf uh but sometimes you get really good waves
0: it's almost like an orange sort of um beach sand and it, it gets very very hot
2: it does hot yeah yeah <laughs>
0: no it's good it's good surf it Mona about when it's on because it's you know we we've done babies and and beers and now we're doing surf
2: <laughs> well you can keep doing beer right
0: um, but yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: well, the, the best part of working in... Mo- mm-hmm. the main best part of working in boats, but uh, a really good one in full summer. I don't know if you guys ever went to a brewery in full summer when there's 40 degrees outside, 60 inside. Uh, the best part is just finish work and go for a swim.
0: <laughs> so It doesn't happen often in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, that's...
3: A- the, the Carlton United Breweries along the Yarra, they, you could go <laughs> for a swim there if you...
2: Can you swim in the ice? Hang on a sec.
3: You you shouldn't swim in the Arrow. Yeah, you should. No, you shouldn't no, you swim can. in the. Arrow. <laughs> you should Walk across to the other side. I'll tell you what, it, uh, and this will get me in trouble. Uh, Bright Bright Breweries has got some pretty rubbish beer, but they have got the river right next to them.
1: I was going to say, Warren, uh, that some um, hop nations
3: beside the Maribyrnong River, and I probably you still you wouldn't swim in it. I wouldn't <laughs> swim in that. No.
0: No. Unless there are any other things that people wish to raise, he says, deciding (laughs) to (laughs) cut things off before it gets any more. You don't want to talk about breweries that are on the side of rivers? You're not the way we are at the moment. No, it's only going to. This is a, this is a two-hour indulgent session from here, which we can uh, we can make sure happens being after we turn the recording off. That's right. So, for anyone who's not in the Zoom room and who is listening as part of the podcast, part of the fantastic bits about being in the Zoom room at the time is that you get the opportunity to sit round and yarn afterwards with the brewers and at least with your fellow uh, attendees. It's one of our favourite bits of it. But um, I've got to say, we're not expecting Luigi to do that tonight um, because he has done a fantastic effort. We've, the last few times we've had a couple of people on. Luigi, you've had to have a sort of a triple or quadruple barrel questioning session tonight. You've been very generous with your time. Um, can you give us, and we didn't give you a heads up on this, can you give us uh, Modus's, uh social tags and so forth and you, yours as well if you'd like to share them and so people can get in touch particularly with the brewery and yourself if you want yeah i, I can give you my email, but i'm the worst social person on on virtual
2: social I, i'm a old old style as i say. i'm an old brewer and i like hang around with a with a pint in my hand with people
0: a man but, after my
2: own heart yeah if, if, i can give you my email, and if you are around sydney please come over and uh, we have a beer together.
0: i'm driving to sydney now on the off Chance that we just catch up. I mean, it's a small town. We, I'll find you. Oh, well, or, or I mean, in
2: uh, Monville or in the inner
3: West. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, my in-laws live in Sydney, and for some reason, every time we go and visit them, I end up in your area. So, are we looking you up when I get up there next? Yeah, sure, man. Uh, I have your contact, sure. Uh,
2: yeah, for most social, I'm I'm not really the right person for.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the can uh, and i'll see if i can to. find you it won't be hard to track down if people want to uh find it most people i reckon are going to be pretty familiar already with uh well i guess if you
2: if you go on our website which is i would i would say this model's brewery or M- hmm. brewery. i don't actually know our website wait a second
1: <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm sure if, if we're gonna if to we're actually to go, to go through this to process.
1: brewing
0: they're
2: uh, gonna find
1: very good. I was about to say it's mobrewing.com.au. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from there, then you you
2: can, you can find everything. So you can find our online store or our story. You're going, uh, um, there's also a very funny blog
0: where uh, there's always a story of every beer we release. Oh, yeah. we like that kind of, that's exactly the kind of thing that our listeners like. So, uh You know, those sort of inside stories, the ones you've shared tonight. It's, you've uh, been generous in your time and your stories. You've been generous in wearing AC Milan colours. Corey's got his AC Milan colours on his hat. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. If you haven't already liked and uh, been part of the Cool Rooms Instagram and Facebook, please do so so that you can make sure that you're going to be a part of the probably second weekend in July where we have big, big guests. And um, Travis Bristow, Warren Wu, thank you for being my co-host tonight and making sure everything ran smoothly while I was ducking out to deliver a schnitzel to table three.
2: <laughs> that's okay. <Yeah. laughs> that, we'll, uh... That's what I'm missing, actually, is schnitzel.
0: Yeah. I haven't had schnitzel for a while before the corona. Jump in the car. I'm driving from Melbourne. You're driving from Sydney. Maybe somewhere in Gundagai or Holbrook Canberra. or something. No,
3: you're ending up in Canberra.
0: Maybe <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we no, go to Aubrey Brewhouse or something. Or <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a tip. I'm not ending up in Canberra, Warren. <laughs> for <laughs> a while, it looked like I might ten years ago, but it hasn't happened. <laughs> but um, uh, we'll, we'll stop at the Big Submarine in Holbrook, and oh, we'll swap a there. couple of years for a schnitzel. It's actually a really good pub. Yeah, it's a it also just the gentle irony that Australia's submarine base is yeah. three hundred kilometers inland. So I found it very funny when I
2: saw this submarine there, like okay. <laughs> I didn't know the ocean were arriving to
0: the air. It was arriving. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, thank you again, mate. You you've been very generous with your time. And thank unless you. anyone else has anything to say, um we're gonna Cut off the recording now, please, Travis.
1: Can do. <laughs> Over
0: an hour. Hey there, Cool Room listeners. We've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for the Cool Room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours. So if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right. Ad over.